Awesome. So now, here's the thing. If you guys could stick with me, you just got a lot of, a lot of pages, and I promise they have some really awesome content. But stay with me. Try not to pre-read too much. Before we get into those, I want to tell you guys a story. I want to start the lesson today, the teaching today, with a story. It's a story of some intrepid, brave people embarking on something that they had never done before. This happened in recent history. And what these people did was they set out to do something very brave, and they banded together, and they said, we're going to reforge Oak Ridge. So we're going backwards about a year and a half to start our story today, and those brave people are yourselves sitting in their own seats. And why this message ties back the whole way to the reforging series is because what we did there was we, we started and we said, hey, we want to really look at and consider what we of Oak Ridge are, what we're doing, and, and maybe even why. Be so bold as to ask why. And not just for the sake of, like, questioning, right, but so that we know it. So one of the things that we did was we took a look at our vision statement. We started very high level. We took a look at our vision statement, and we reformed it into something um, that I'm really excited about, and it's got a lot of re- really neat scriptural ties in, right? So Oak Ridge Community Church aspires to be a gathering of believers united in their practice. And so we can tie in there, we see Acts 2. And then of following Jesus, the reference there for Luke 9, and being fishers of men, and men being a general connotation, uh, Matthew 4.19. And just really excited because of how that encompasses a lot of what we want to do and hopefully see ourselves doing. And it was awesome just to hear, Madge, thank you again so much that the idea of what we're doing is not just for leaders, but it's for all ages and all folks in different stages of life and that sort of thing. So it's just awesome to be able to see like even these kingdom stories that we've been able to have folks up here and talk about and be able to weave that through. And this is part of what we wanted to do is not just look at our vision statement, but we hit some strategic areas that we said, hey, we want to look at these and pay attention to them and use these as strategic areas. It's kind of in the name there and to guide us forward. And so um, you see them up here, and I'm going to say that one of these, a lot of them, but one of these in particular was a a form that really got us to today, where we're going to talk about membership. And it really highlighted, again, that, like, what are we doing, and why are we doing it? And do do we, like, do we know that, and are we saying what we do? So where we're at today, fast forward 18 months from our, from our brave, intrepid explorers that are setting forth on something they've never done before, And we have that vision statement right here over a nice, cool, neat new slide. So what we're kicking off today is is a renewing of membership. And with that, we have some awesome things that we're bringing in, where we're we're bringing in some rebranding that we've done as well. So Krista has done a phenomenal job of helping and supporting to use her talents. These are like hints of things that we're going to talk about later. Using her talents for the church and, and built us a whole packet and, and uh, some really awesome graphics that we're going to be using. So we can see again here our vision statement. And then again, why we're doing it and, and where we're basing it off of. But so as we talk about vision then, we need to be able to do more than that. It's, it's kind of like the who's going to be doing this. And that's where the, the concept or this goal of talking about membership comes into play. And here's where I pause, and the story gets like a little bit disappointing, I think I might say. As I sit back and I look at kind of what 
church has become to maybe like the general culture, or even as we consider in maybe what we would even say active churches, the concept of membership can be pretty amorphous. It can seem a little bit lost, or maybe even we could use dangerous words like casual, or I'm not sure what it is. It's like abstract, or, you know, I, I don't really care or know, and it's just like you know, or one of those things where, like, I just go there because I've always gone there, or this is just what we do on a Sunday, right? So you, you, can, you can kind of hear some of those whispers in, in culture. And one of the things that Dave and I, as we were looking at, and, and the leadership team, as we're looking at this, is like, we don't think that that's like a pervasive thought in Oak Ridge, but we, we would be hesitant if we didn't say, if we see this in culture, to be able to try to provide an encouragement for you guys and, and look to stave this off, right? So that's, again, some of the, like, is this a healthy way of what we see in culture and something that we want to just be able to, like, let go, right? Like, if this is culture and inertia basically is going to say that culture will just continue to spread. Well, that's the opposite of inertia. I screwed that up. But it's, but it's going to continue to grow unless you do something about it. So if we have this idea of now we're talking about membership in the church, right? And this is what we see, but where, this is not a, this is not a rhetorical question. We're, gonna, we're about to step into a ton of interactions, so start it here. So where would we go to be able to start to look at, okay, is this, is this right or is this wrong? Should we be comfortable with this or should we not? Where are we going for that? To the Bible! So, we are going to go to the Bible and we, right now, today, are all going to go to the Bible. I built a lot of this off of interactions. So, if you guys can grab your Bible, I am going to portion these out. And together as a body, we're going to work through these. So, I'm going to give you guys, like, in-class homework right now, almost, if you could think about it as that. So, I'm going to go through, and we got eight of these to kind of assign out. And then I'm going to ask you to read, it's just, in most instances, a c- couple of short verses. And I'm going to ask you to identify an analogy that Scripture associates the church or kind of guides the church into and uses it to describe that. All right, so on your note sheet, this is the first time that our note sheet really comes into play here, you have these all listed. They're also on the slide. So here I go. Can I start over here? Can someone take John 10 for me? Come on. Dave's right there. Thank you. Thank you. And we have Acts 2.42. Somebody else over here? Come on. We'll keep working. Franny's got it. Okay, hold on, Chris. Chris, 1 Corinthians 12, all right? Can we go over to the middle? Uh, Dave, Ephesians 2, 21 through 22. Somebody else? We got 1 Peter 2, 4. Ephesians 3, 15. Who do we got here? Elena's going to do Ephesians 3, 15. Thank you so much. I feel like an auctioneer almost. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. Josh, thank you for raising your hand, sir. Appreciate that. That was so good. I'm a terrible. 2 Timothy 2, 2. Somebody over here maybe? Okay, Kira, and then Richard, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. So take about two minutes. Go ahead and find those, read them. And again, what we're doing is in, in, your, in your note sheet, you're going to see and take the lead to fill out like the analogy or the, the summary point there that's being associated with the church and or the members. And the summary on that is you, as you look at those, the summary on that's usually just like boiled down to like a word or two something like that. So it's just a very short description. You don't have to fill a novel into that little space. 
So we're going to go ahead and start over here. And Dave and Kaylee or Dave or somebody, you, wanna, you guys want to sit that first batting position and share from John 10. Uh, what did you see as like the association or the analogy for uh, the church and membership in John 10? Sheep. Sheep? I said flock, but I'll say sheep. We're there. We're there. We're okay. Yeah, totally agree. You guys did good. Uh, Acts 2.42. Now, this is the bad thing. I forgot who I gave. <laughs> you guys got to be honest. Don't leave me hanging. Franny, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, that, that is our job. Absolutely. We'll actually touch on this verse a couple of times there. So um, I said as, as we associate as a group, we said that, that fellowship there. Um, there's certainly actions that we're doing, and that fellowship is key. Um, Chris, I think you were 1 Corinthians 12, sir. Nice, nice, yeah. Chris's is better. Go ahead and write his. I just said body. That was a little lame compared to the church body is one. That's what Chris said. Okay, uh, Ephesians 2, 21 and 22. Dave? Okay, holy sanctuary. James, 1 Peter 2, 4 and 8. Okay, all right. And again, you guys did a little bit better there. I just said building. Why don't you guys write down what they said? <laughs> okay, uh, Ephesians 3.15, I believe. Was that Elena? Cool, thank you, ma'am. These are all way better, guys. Keep writing again what they're saying. So family under God's name. That was awesome. Ephesians 5.25 and 27. A bride. Okay. The two, three. Kira, that was Kira. A soldier in an army. Can I say army? Is that okay? Soldier, army. We're good. It's like sheep and flock. It's, it just depends on your perspective. No wrong answers. Yeah, there are, but, but that wasn't one of them. Um, and then Richard, I think you closed this out. Is that right, sir? Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, guys. I really like being able to interact with you and kind of walk through that with you. So thank you for doing that with me, and, and we're all figuring that out as we dive into the Word together. So now as we, as we have these, so I'll leave these up here, and you can fill in your table for a minute. But again, encourage, there was some really nice descriptive answers out there you used today, so please go ahead and feel free to use those. But like as we think about, we just talked about, and I shared at least my perspective on culturally what we, what we saw of church and church membership, right? These are a far cry from that. Look at the terms that are used here, especially the ones that were more descriptive, right? These are close, intimate connections. Like, they mean something. And they're, they're like, you know, some of these, you talk about, like, an army, like, things are happening, or a family, like, there's a, there's a stone's throw difference sometimes between an army and a family, Right? Like, if you, I mean, I'm serious, right? If you're in a real family, like, sometimes you feel like you're working together to do something like that. And the same thing when we look at that holy sanctuary. I love that you guys pulled that language out. Thank you. And then we closed with that royal priesthood and a holy nation. These are very descriptive, very purposeful things, not loose, fuzzy, right? So when we look at the biblical paradigm of the church and its membership, like, there, these are some of the distinctions that I summarized down to and kind of contrasted against what we saw when we looked at what I think is generally accepted as a cultural paradigm for church. 
And that's where I'm like, man, I am just not comfortable with that. I'm really just not. And I'm not saying that you guys are, but again, we want to build an understanding together and, and like move together. And I love that, you know, Madge is talking about like tools that maybe we know, but we refresh so that we know them deeper or be able to teach them. So some of this, please take with that understanding that my, my goal here isn't to say that you all are, are this complacent of this cultural paradigm, but I want to be able to move with you guys together as that body and provide you with the information so that we don't even, not even that we feel it, but we can teach against it. So that right there, friends, is where this idea of refreshing membership comes into. And I have just spent all of that time preparing and walking through that, not even touching those documents yet, because I wanted you guys to see so much of the heart of like what was behind that. And Dave and I, we've been wrestling over really big things and working through this. And Dave said, I think, I think if I can capture it, hopefully properly, it was like, this is some of the most fun that I've had with you over the past couple of weeks that we've been closing this up and, and really putting like the crosses and the I's on the T's and the, and the I's and that sort of thing. So what we're going to do now is go ahead and set your note sheet aside, right? And we're going to walk through some of the documents that you guys got today. We're going to spend some time going over them because I want them to mean, we want them to mean something. And so we have two, you have two in there, and I'll talk about the other two, the affirmations later. It's a bit of like a teaser, if you will. So the first thing that you have there under your note sheet is a statement of faith. And I can't take credit for this analogy, and I wouldn't want to. This was Laura's helpful idea. So some of my visual concepts, truth be told, don't always come just from me. So Laura said, hey, when you're talking about this, right, we, on, we often say that like the statement of faith are like the pillars. They form the foundation, right? The rock-solid theology that we stand on. And then, and then we're going to walk through a convictions and ministry model. And those are the choices that we as leadership of Oak Ridge affirm and acknowledge and, and walk out to say that, hey, this is how we do it. Uh, we're not going to be rude about it, but we are going to be say, hey, this is, this is how we do it. This is what we believe. And so that then, those kind of form like the walls and the methods in which we operate. So I liked that analogy of like the pillars and the foundation and kind of the walls that provide a healthy bounds of how we do ministry and why. And so those are the heart of the two documents. So we're going to go first to the statement of faith, and there's big bullets in there. They're big, meaty chunks. But as we look through this topic list, I'm probably going to spend more time talking about the convictions and ministry model. And that's not at all that I want to undermine or pull down the emphasis on the statement of faith. But as we read through those things, my hope that I would like to be comfortable with is that these are things that are of absolute agreeance, basically. That we can stand firm on the scripture and what it is and how awesome it is. And we've been, we've been weaving through as we've gone through our biblical review, right? All those essential elements. And we're learning how to unpack that completely. And understanding the, the nature of God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and all of the coordination between the Trinity. And then we look at salvation and reassurance, right? And then, and then we get to end on the church, which is a pretty awesome thing to be able to talk about. So these are statements of faith that we as Oak Ridge feel that we stand very united on. And so that document there, this is the first page of homework. I'm going to tell you what to do in it. 
in a little bit, so just go ahead and hang on to that one. So consider that one hopefully comfortably introduced. Uh, again, there's a lot of meat there. I think I spent, I just timed myself, three minutes. But if you read through that and actually pause and think through those, it's one of those documents where you could take each one of those and read it. We tried to get it to a couple of sentences and then just let it sit and process. That would be my hope and request with that as you guys would read through that. And then we have our convictions and ministry model. So uh, that's the second one that's stapled together. So it's four pages, two pages back in front. And what we want to lay out here, it starts off with our vision and our mission statement. And then it goes into our convictions, which is, again, kind of the what we believe. And then it goes through, and we're going to talk about how that forms into the model, and then who it applies to it will be our, our kind of last page there. So the convictions that you'll find on page two, the goal here is to kind of group these down, make them succinct statements, but based very much on scriptural, uh, on scripture. And so we have kind of, if you, if you allow it to be, so there's about two groupings here, and it's expectations of the members, so I'll just say, I'll just use that term right now, and let me pause here as I actually just say that. I wanted to cover this earlier, but so going through this, we wanted to kind of, you know, the goal, I just said, it's even the title of the message, right? Refreshing membership. But we thought about the idea of, is membership the right word to use? Maybe we could throw in something there that kind of causes pause and says, hey, well, that's, that's different. And, and I liked that idea, and we, and we played with that some, but we didn't, in the end, didn't want to cause confusion, so we kept with the concept of membership, but we tossed around things like partnership and that sort of thing, just to understand that, hey, this is very much a tied together sort of thing, not, not some kind of, you know, Costco membership that you have a card for and that's okay, you just use when you go to the store, right? So a lot, maybe explore that as we go through that. But anyway, so expectations of the members there, we have four of them, and so I'm going to go through them very shortly, and you can see them a little bit more on the paper. And we'll have time to explore them later, which, again, I'll get to. All right, so life group participation. I hope that there's a comfort level with understanding what life groups are. But what we wanted to do here was just share that we as pastors uh, and leaders have an expectation that folks are partaking and participating in the life groups. That is the goal of that statement. Uh, and then the same comes when we look at ministries. We understand and acknowledge and, and feel that we've, we all, you have all been given gifts, right? And the goal of those gifts isn't to hide them on, think about, think about the mites, right? The goal of those gifts isn't to hide them, right? It's to use them for God's glory. And that's where we see that ministry service playing such an important role. And then purposeful discipleship we have here is an expectation. And that is to kind of lay out in language that says that, hey, um, our expectation or goal is for you to be in a healthy relationship where you are being discipled by someone, right? So like kind of going this way, you are being discipled by someone, and then in a healthy aspect, that also means that you are turning around and discipling someone, right? So there's like a, a duality there. We are being discipled, and then we are discipling. And then the last thing is sacrificial giving. And so um, just to understand that we talked about the gifts and the things that we have been given, and being able to push them and pour them back into the church, and then the good that God can do with that as we do that. And so um, we absolutely want to highlight the concept of sacrificial giving uh, as well when we, when we talk about the things that we are giving unto the church. Okay, so then I'm going to move through 
again, that, we, could, we could spend a lot of time on these, and I hope that these spur a lot of conversation. So, but, but I do want to cover everything today. So we're going we're gonna to go through and talk about the distinctions as well. Um, and so those are, are the last four that you see on the conviction sheet. And the, the idea and the understanding there is that we want to cover uh, concepts of being purposefully created. Right? So this instills a lot of different things and is a very powerful statement that boils down to a couple of words. But there's deep meaning behind unpacking all of those. And that is to say that, that we have a creator and that there were no accidents and he has distinctive roles for each one of us. Like all of those are kind of packed in that purposefully created statement. And then, and then the very concept to be able to utter and stand on a conviction and say that marriage is between a man and a woman, um, we would like to be able to say that. And not just like to be able to say it, we are saying it. And then the fact that we as a church, um, we hold that leadership is accomplished and performed by both the enjoyment and the duty and obligation of male pastors. And so that right now represents, right now the pastors of Oak Ridge are myself and Dave Ferguson, who we'll actually get to see in a second. And then the last part of that is active shepherding. And this one, I'll put a pin in, and we're going to touch, I'm going to pull Dave up for a demonstration, and together we're going to do that. Oh, wait, one second, Dave. I know, that was misleading. That was misleading. He's so excited. Do you see that? He's an excitable guy. He's a good guy. All right. So, all right, this is the what that builds upon the statement of faith, right? And so, now this is the how this flows out, right? So, we have five aspects here. That I, one of the biggest things that I would want to cover, I want to affirm the capability that you guys have to read and process this later. So, some of these, again, I'm going to highlight distinctive points and let you explore as you read later. But please don't miss the fact that there are other things on here that are bulleted, and these ones are numbered. That was purposely done. There is order and priority to the way that we walked these out. And we see that setting that, like, that is the way that we are going to encourage people to healthily walk through their life and their faith. Right? So that's why, again, very distinctively, this list is not bulleted, but numbered. And so as we talk through these, I'll just highlight them. Again, so personal devotion. And there's in the model, so page three of the convictions and ministry model, um, it just walks through these. But then we have, after we have personal devotion, then the aperture, if you will, grows into that of family prioritization. So your core, your nuclear family, the very first spot in your oikos stop is your nuclear family. And then as that, as that expands, then we start and we talk about Sunday gatherings, what we're doing right now, both the purpose and the priority for that. And then as we go from our Sunday gatherings, we have our life groups that we put a lot of priority in, and it's right up behind for us our Sunday gatherings. And actually notice distinctively where it is before. It is before our ministry. So we talked about earlier, right, in the, just the last slide, we said that we have a healthy and a heart-filled and warm request and expectation for service. And now we're saying that that comes after we are asking guys to participate in life groups because that's how much importance we put in how awesome that is and impactful that is for discipleship. All right. So now the whom. So the convictions and ministry model, the last page is the congregation. And the congregation starts, 
a little bit odd, which is, I find kind of fun, and I think actually, frankly, both Dave and I had fun with this. And we said the very first aspect of the congregation that we want to highlight, just so that we're paying attention, is visitors and guests. Because here's what can happen. I can stand up on stage, and I will blatantly admit, not only that I'm an engineer, but sometimes that means that things can come across that we touch on the mechanical side. So as I stand up here and talk about statement of faith and our convictions and what we're standing for, what we also want to be able to do is pair that with how that interacts with people, people that may not have those same statements of faith or convictions. So we wanted to be able to articulate and say, hey, as a, as a congregation, like this is a congregation right now, right? To be able to make a statement that says, all are welcome. Now, here's what I want to be able to say. I actually want to say that, and I don't want it to be stolen by things that have happened across some other churches that have bent that to mean that all are welcome, and welcome then means accepted and honored and gloried and all of those other things, right? No, I'm just making, we're making a statement that all are welcome. The second song that we sang today, it started, praise him, all ye sinners, right? That's like the acknowledgement that we are all sinners coming welcome and able to praise him. So we're not putting anyone down, we're not cutting anyone at the knees, but we're also not putting anyone on a pedestal. We're saying all are welcome before his throne and in our church. And that means that as we acknowledge that, and that we acknowledge that we all are sinners, we're going to work together to model our vision, which is to follow Christ and to move away from a life of sin and towards him. And then we move from that to be able to come to members. And so we have two documents today um, that we're walking out with you guys. And so what we're going to talk about is in a second is what membership will look like in a couple of weeks. And what the document lays out and what we would like to be able to distill to you guys is to say that what we are asking of the members is to be able to affirm that statement of faith. There's a reason they're two different documents. So we want you to be able to, we're asking you to affirm the statement of faith and then acknowledge the convictions and the ministry model. Now, why the language different, you might ask? Let me tell you, my dear friends. Because acknowledge means that there is the capability to understand that there might be differences. If the statement of faith stands as our core convictions, our primary doctrine of theology, then to be able to stand and look at the, at the convictions and the ministry model of how we do that and say, hey, um, that brother and sister that go to that church over there, they might do this a little bit differently. And we're not calling them out and busting on them because they choose to do this differently. But we are saying at the same time that this is how we are doing this. So as we welcome you into our congregation, we just want you to know and acknowledge that this is what we believe and how we operate. And to be okay with it as you partner with us to be able to do the ministry and the mission that we are called to set forward to do. So then as we move from members to leaders, you'll see that there's a difference. And the idea here is when you look through the Bible, there's callings of unity first on a congregation and then a lot in the New Testament and even frankly in the Old Testament, when you get to the idea of talking to leaders, there's this call for like much more of a knit together grouping, right? And so as I just walked out, that difference from affirmation and acknowledge, what we are calling for, because our leaders are those that are going to be leading that discipleship process. They're going to be the ones that are up here teaching and leading music. We want to have very close-knit unity with those members of our congregation. And so we are asking those leaders 
to not just affirm our statement of faith, but to affirm our convictions and our ministry model. And then in Scripture, we see an office particularly pulled from that leadership pool of deacons. And and in the document, what we do is just highlight the idea that uh, all leaders are not necessarily deacons, but the fact that deacon and deaconess is an absolutely recognized scriptural position. And they have a very distinctive purpose for generally or usually a distinctive time. And so um, we want to be able to highlight that. Um, We've, as a a slight aside, right, we have done and, and are formed and have deacons. We don't talk about them a lot, and that's part of what we are refreshing this to be able to talk about that so that we're all on the same page of of who our deacons are and what they're doing. And so you will see in the coming weeks and months more on that, but this is just kind of a a rollout, so we have to start somewhere. So if you can, please let us start here. And then last, and I'll say least, because we are called in that kind of a model of servant leadership are the pastors. So these are men who have the responsibility and authority to shepherd Oak Ridge. And I put then right under that, very distinctively and on purpose, that all of us, all of us serve under the authority of Jesus, who is the chief shepherd. So even as Dave and I stand here as shepherds, we could, you know, colloquially consider ourselves under shepherds of Christ. And I don't want to miss that point, and I wanted to highlight it here as we walked through these. So as I talk about that, and I talk about Kind of, kind of the model, and I just mentioned the responsibility and the authority of pastors. Here's a little bit more, like the closing aspect of my heart behind walking you guys through all this today, and not just mine, but Dave's as well. And it is this, is if we look at Scripture, as we look at Scripture, not if, and as I look at, I'm, I'm a pastor of this church, and it would be very against me as a leader, to be able to ask you guys to step into these things without first taking like a very honest and very deep perspective look at what I was called to do and why and then what I was held accountable to. And so what I would like to share with you guys is a highlight of some of those passages of Scripture of what is put, the weight that is put on a shepherd. And I would like you guys to look at them from the observation point to understand that this is the heart that Dave and I have to shepherd, to pastor you guys. And so when we talk about active shepherding, that means that we want to be in your lives. We wholeheartedly and earnestly want to be in your life. And we want to be part of helping you follow Christ and fish for men. So read with me here. I have a couple of passages this first one is found in Acts 20. It's, it's, the, it's the bookends, if you will, of a section. It says, pay careful attention to yourselves. Again, you guys are reading this with the perspective of, of looking at me. So when we talk about you, right, this is a selfish aspect a little bit. We're talking about me. We're not talking about you. Okay. Just so we're... Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all of the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Just the idea of what the establishment of the church cost there, right? He obtained it with his own blood. 
In Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey your leaders and submit. Actually, that one's a little bit for you guys, isn't it now? And then it swings back around. For they are keeping watch over your souls. As they who will be have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. For that would be of no advantage to you. And then the last one here that we're going to cover today, this is 1 Peter 5, 1 through 2. It says, So I exhort the elders among you as fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. This is not a job that I loathe or that I have to have. This is a job that I enjoy and I do enjoy it. And I want to and I'm called to that. Even though I talk about the accountability and the responsibility that that means that I have with this, I want to take joy in it. So now I'm going to ask Dave to come up here, my fellow pastor. So I want to give you guys a demonstration when we talk about active shepherding, just what this means like because of how much we care about you. For this demonstration... We are going to acknowledge that for some particular reason, Christ is on that side of the room. We're there. Okay. So, in this first part of the example, Dave is going to be following Christ. So, and I, as his pastor, am actively going to come along and beside him and say to Christ and and congratulate and and accept what he's doing and say, hey, Dave, um, the sovereignty series that we just got done doing was a lot of Dave's instigation. And I love that you put that together and how we focused on that. Let's keep going, sir. So that was example A. Example B. Christ has not moved. Okay. Example B is I am a shepherd and Dave is not following Christ. I am in the same manner going to put my arm around him. I'm going to put it lower so it doesn't look like I'm clotheslining him. And I am going to to lovingly turn him and say, follow Christ. It's the same thing. It has the same heart. It says, follow Christ, right? It has the same heart, the same goal each time. It can be the same heart that I have when we have, when we come to you and say, hey, if you see me walking up to you, it says, like, please come back here. Let me love you, right? Let me get you and help you follow Christ, That's my ask of you guys as you work through and read these and consider our roles and your roles. So we just worked through a lot. I thank you guys. I feel that you're very engaged. And I want to land this with some next steps and questions because I bet, I'm thinking you might have some. All right? So we're going to cover a couple. Now, what if I want to talk more about this? What if I have questions? This is just a teaching. It went one way. I have questions. I need answers. I'm so glad you ask. Here's some dates and some things that I would like to highlight that Dave and I are committing to and kind of give an overview of the next steps in this process. The very first thing that you'll notice is today is August 13th, and we are having a membership teaching. That is an important date. It starts a process. The very next thing that you'll notice is that this is now the spoiler. You guys got the statement of faith, and you got the convictions in the ministry model, but you did not get today the membership affirmation. And the goal is that what we are doing is we are trying to encourage you to walk through the process that this means something and it's real so that you're not like tempted to just sign this and hand it to me as you walk out today because I gave a convincing message. I mean, hopefully I did. 
but we honestly want you to read through these, understand them, acknowledge them, own them. So we're not even giving those membership forms out until next week. So that you guys have at a minimum a week to kind of digest what we're giving you and work through it. It's like a big homework assignment. I'm sorry that I always love the homework assignments, but I do. And then on the 27th, we're going to do a bring your own lunch with the pastors. Dave and I, after service, we'll be downstairs in the Patapsco room. Come hang out with us. Ask the questions that you have, that you've now been, you know, working through for two weeks. So come down and talk with us. Ask more questions. Follow up with us. We want to do that. This is a platform that lets us highlight a lot of things, but we also want to engage you in questions. So bring them on the 27th, if you please. Sure. But please understand that I would not, like, kick you out, but I would, like, prioritize those people that had questions. But yes, yes, you could still come. As long as you bring your own lunch, and maybe mine too. If you're, if you're coming without questions, maybe bring me a nibble. How's that sound? Okay. All right. So then here's, here's the next dates to pay attention to. September 3rd, we're going to begin accepting those membership affirmation documents that you're going to get next week. You don't have now. Don't start looking for them. They're not there. All right. And then the last date, and this is where like, we might perk some ears, and give me a second to walk through it, okay? Maybe you already saw it. On the 1st of October, we are going to retire legacy membership. What that means is that we are going to go through a process to say that if you have been a member for years and years and years, thank you very much. We are very kindly and very lovingly still going to ask you to review this and work through it and renew it with priority that says that over the next couple of weeks, I choose to continue to affirm this. Because on the first, what we are going to do is a process, so, and this is where, let me work this whole statement out, and I, hopefully you'll see where it develops. We're going to work through a process of relieving and retiring those members that we don't have affirmations for on the first. And you say, well, David, that might seem awfully harsh. May I, hopefully very kindly, refer you back to you some of the verses that we just went through of the fact of what we are taking on as accountability for our members. I would love to know very earnestly and very straightforwardly who our members are actively. So that's kind of the goal of why we're taking these steps. Say, oh no, David, are you saying that you're going to kick me out on October 1st? Well, no, remember, even visitors and, and guests are all welcome, all welcome. No, no, so we're not going to kick anyone out but even, again, regardless of how much we love you and how long you've been a member, some of you longer than me, we're still going to ask you to walk through the affirmation process. Okay? Is that date really necessary, David? Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. It is. Because here's the deal. We can only go so deep before the loving guy comes off and like the engineer is deep underneath. But there's a reality where there is some basis to this process, and we need to be able to say, hey, if I am asking you guys, or if we're asking you guys to really mean something with this, um, you guys familiar with the idea of smart goals, right? They need to be measurable, right? So we walk all of that out. That means that we are healthily setting a date and sticking to it. And so that's the idea and the basis behind a date 
There's also some base level logistics that need to happen. We need to be able to flip some switches and, and do some things and make some changes. So all of that kind of means that, yes, a, a date is necessary. I would like to close with this. It's Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. And it's really, it's one that I think we only use like one time in the, the documents. Um, but it does a really awesome job of building just the importance, the value, and the, the scriptural basis for everything that we talked about today. So again, this is Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about every wind of doctrine by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. From which the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And just how awesome that is as that develops, not just like it, it talks through our scriptural maturity, but it also lays out the maturity of a church body. And I just want to close on that and, and that goal of building us up in love and the way to him who is the head, Christ. Would you guys close with me in prayer? Father God, we stand before you today just in awe of the fact, um, God, that, that how you built your church, God, and the price that you paid for it, that one scripture that we looked at, God, with your blood. And we thank you for the fact that we, throughout scripture, we see how important it is to you to not just acknowledge a church, but to belong, to understand that it is the way that you have set forward to bring your kingdom here. And God, we ask with open hearts and minds that over the next coming weeks that you would help us keep focus and, and a, a diligent study of the membership of Oak Ridge. Uh, and God, then as we look in the out weeks, God, that we enjoy and look forward to taking action uh, and being one member together, united as the bride of Christ, God. Amen.